0: morning everyone, everyone on site and online. i right, glad to see all your faces, or at least on site, half of your faces. all right? So for those of you who are new joining us today, on site and online, I would like to say welcome to our free community church. all right? We welcome to make this place your home. And for those who are regular, uh, watching in regularly, and are members of our church or coming in regularly to our church, you know, I would like to say, Welcome home. Welcome you back home. And before we start the service Encountering God and Worshipping God, I'd like to invite all of us online and on-site to greet and wish one another you know, a good morning. Or if you're in another place of the world, beyond sunny Singapore, you know, just wish anyone, everyone else maybe a good day or afternoon, whichever the time would be for you. So for people on-site, you can just uh, turn around, people left and right, just wave or smile with your smile with your eyes. All right, smile your eyes. Right, Let's send love and goodwill to one another. I think that's important, right? And we are often really conceal our faces, and it can be sometimes a bit too cold. All right. So we are in our sermon arc, right? Which revolve around. So anyone remember the? I will, those are online. Maybe if you remember the sermon arc, tap it out. For those who are on site, let me test. What is the sermon arc we are in this season? Anyone? Home, somebody say, home is the, not the Spider-Man, not No Way Home. A home is the way, all right? Thank you, thank you so much. Give yourself applause a for those who managed to get it, okay? So for those online, alright, good job also for if you are able to, you know, recall it, alright? So, this place is our home and we we'll welcome you to make this place, you know, to, a place where you encounter God when you come back, right, as a community, Right? to share our love for one another. And so to prepare our hearts right, to, to encounter God, to come into community, i like to invite those who are on site, who are able and willing to stand, and those who are online to join us for the call to worship. Drawn by God's presence, we gather, inspired by God's spirit,
1: We worship.
0: Empowered by God's grace, we we live. live. We are a community,
1: embraced embraced by by the mystery of God's God's love for all creation.
0: creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ,
1: the light light that shines shines in in every time,
0: every
2: every every place, place, and every every life. life.
0: Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life, and help us to face uh, face the issue of the day. Together, Together we strive, we strive to, to, live to live with loving, loving hearts, hearts, open minds and hands, hands extended, extended to, to all. all. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. Now, let us join the worship team, you know, a time of worship. Uh, I'd like to share that this this morning, right, we'll open up our worship our praise and worship with first the first two songs. One, the first will be Call Me Higher. The second will be free in your presence. So for those who, you know, if you wish those who are on site, you know, if you'd like to take a seat, it's fine. For those who wish to remain standing and just, you know, in your own expression uh, to worship and praise God, you may also wish to do so because we have installed a new television that you monitor that you can actually just look up so it won't be uh, obstructing people who are actually sitting down. Right? So let us try with one heart and voices online, all right, to worship our Lord.
3: Let's come to our Lord's house to offer Him our praise and our worship. sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence, I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again. be safe I could be safe here in your arms and never leave home never let these walls down but you have called me higher you have called me deeper could hold on to who I am and never let you change me from the inside I could be safe I could be safe I could be safe here in your arms and never leave home never let these walls down but you have called me higher you have called me deeper and I'll go You
4: If I could rewrite your story of love for me I would not forget those moments of doubts If I could rewrite your story of love for me I would not erase those times of struggle Those moments of doubting myself And blaming you for all my brokenness Those moments I wrestled myself And you for the answers For a little hope Then I will remember When you became real to me When you would not turn away, when you would not turn away, I will remember, I am an anchor of love, I am a beacon of hope for you. Rewrite your story of love for me. I would not forget those moments of doubts. If I could rewrite your story of love for me, I would not erase those times of struggle, those moments of doubting myself. And blaming you for all my brokenness Those moments I wrestle myself And blame you for the answers For a little hope Then I will remember When you became real to me When you were not alone When you would not turn away, I will remember I am an anchor of love I am a beacon of hope for you When you touched me on my side When my eyes were open to you And so I saw that I was born free You touched me on my side When my eyes were open
2: to you And so I saw That I was born
4: free Then I will remember When you became real to me When you would not turn away When you would not turn away I will remember, I am an anchor of love, I am a beacon of hope for you. I will remember, I will remember when you became real to me, when you would not turn away, when you would not turn away. love. I am a
5: I would like to invite all of you to join me in the time of prayer as I read um, from John chapter 15. And I invite you to meditate on the words, and then I'll ask some questions, I invite you to dwell on those questions. John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my parent is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, God takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, God prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. God who abides in me, and I in God, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he or she is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my parent is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As my parents loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in me as I in you. What fruits do you bear? Why, why do you bear fruit? It's the fruits you bear for yourself or for others. What are things in yourself... That you need to prune away so that you will bear more fruit. What is God inviting you to do in this season? This season of preparation. Bearing fruit takes time. It is not something that happens overnight. All fruits, good and bad, take time. They start from one place, one action. and then they grow and accumulate. What in your life you would like to prune away so you only bear good fruit? What do you want to do more of so you'll bear fruit that can be a blessing for others. Branches do not bear fruits for themselves. It is always for the benefit of others. May God continue to nudge you, inspire you, encourage you prompt you to move towards bearing fruit that will bring God glory, that will echo God's love. There will be the fruit that flows from God's love for you, through you, for others. Abide in me, as I abide in you. Continue to invite Christ to abide in your life so you're connected deeply with God. Jesus says, This is my commandment I give to you. Love each other as I have loved you. May you continue to meditate on what that means for you. Amen.
6: i
1: I am yours, forever yours. Good morning, and welcome to FCC. Welcome to this time where we get to worship God together. And this morning, um, we'll be, as usual, we'll be using Menti.com um, so that we can interact during the sermon time. I would love to hear your insights, um, the things that you would want to share to some of the questions that we have uh, later on. And so you can use the code, uh, go to menti.com, uh, use the code 4643-5432. 4643-5432. Okay, so you've got all your menti.coms uh, already. Okay. You want to make sure you have enough time right, to get onto the QR codes or get the link and the code. Right, four six four three five four three two. So this preaching series in this season, this season of January, the very new year, is all about home. Miak in the past three weeks, um, was talking about how home is the way, about finding our way home, and what it means to be welcomed home, as well as to welcome others home. And if you've missed any of these sermons, uh, you can watch them, you can catch up on our YouTube channel. And today, I'll be talking about coming home. So before we actually even go into coming home, I wanted to ask you, when you think about coming home, when I say that, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What do you think of when you think, coming home? All right? Is it some kind of object that you have at home that reminds you of home? Is it the feeling? Is it the people? Is it the environment? What does coming home bring to mind for you? So is our screens okay? No, right? <laughs> it's okay. We will figure it out as we go along. But, but you know, go ahead and type it in. Um, later on when it comes up, we will actually have a look at it all together. It's in a word cloud. So I wanted to kind of combine all of your ideas and feelings about coming home, right? And what does that actually look like and feel like? Usually when we think about coming home, the image that comes to mind is somewhere where we feel comfortable, right? Where we have a sense of belonging, a place where we feel safe, can be truly ourselves, where we can rest, laugh, dance, eat, feel accepted. And thank you, team, for bringing our word cloud back home. All right, so yeah, lots of lovely words there warmth, yeah, I love that. That's a beautiful word. Love, comfort, rest, family, acceptance, peace. the family coming together, feeling safe, being at peace, honest sharing right? Being in the kitchen. Mm, yeah. Kissing my dog. Yeah, I totally identify with both those things, right? Being in the kitchen and kissing my dog. Uh, my dog likes to come to the kitchen when I'm out there. Repl- replenishment, familiar foods, food eaten with loved ones, right? Family, friends, kinship sense of belonging, to relax, alone time, right? My cats, yes, all our different uh, pets and parts of our family, right? Joyous gathering. Yeah, being myself, yes. Um, Someone said right now, blank, and that's okay too. Because that happens, right? Sometimes nothing comes to mind about coming home. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for putting all of that there in there. And we see some of the big words there, right? Warmth, love, comfort, safety. And that's what coming home conjures for all of us, right, in our feelings. It's a place where we feel belonged, where we feel truly ourselves, where we feel accepted. And you know what? It's not just a one-way thing. It's not just about how I feel, how comfortable, safe, accepted I am It's also about how others around me feel, right? It's how my friends, my family, who are at home feel together with me So when we have truly come home, it's a two-way relationship It's not just about what I feel, it's about what others feel as well Not only do others help me feel comfortable and accepted I will also help others feel safe, comfortable and accepted. There is a mutuality in the relationship. Home is where we take care of each other. Home is where we take care of each other. When you feel safe and accepted here at FCC, I think that's when you begin to feel perhaps the first stirrings of home. At least that was what it was like for me when I first came to FCC. I was like, so many people like me. So many interesting people where I can just feel like I can be myself. And that was when I first started feeling that first stirrings of home. But it's only when you're willing and able to invest in the lives of others in this community, when you're willing to give of yourself and experience what it means to take care of one another That's when we know we have truly come home. And you know this, mutuality, is not a new concept. In fact, it's an ancient one that began with God. If you read through the Bible, you will see this word covenant come up a lot. We don't talk a lot about covenants today, but we should. Because covenants are one of the most important themes in the Bible. Right in the beginning from Genesis, we see God entering into relationships with various human beings. And these divine and human relationships are often accompanied by a covenant. In fact, do you know, when we say the Old Testament and the New Testament, that word testament actually means the old covenant and the new covenant. And that's how important covenants are in the Bible. And they can teach us something important about the way God relates with us and how we are to relate with one another. A covenant is a chosen relationship in which two parties make binding promises to each other and they work together to reach a common goal. So in the Bible, they are often accompanied by oaths, signs, ceremonies, and we'll see one of it later on. And covenantal relationships were very common in the Bible it wasn't just between God and humans but there were covenantal relationships between people as well right? such as, and you remember David and Jonathan, Ruth and Naomi, etc. Right? And today I just want to focus on God's covenant making with Abraham and see what we can glean from that story and this comes from Genesis 15 Alright, and there's some strange parts in this story, all right? So we will get through it together. And so Genesis 15 says, Sometime later the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision, and this is before Abraham got his new name, right? And said to him, Do not be afraid afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, Oh sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children even though God had promised children and descendants like the stars in the sky. See, you have given me no children. Elysia of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own. who will be your heir. And then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? And the Lord told him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Okay, And this is where it gets a bit strange, right? Quite bizarre. So Abram presented all these to God and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle, laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. And some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. And as the sun was coming down, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants return here to this land for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. And after the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants, all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, to the land now occupied by the Kenites, the Kenazites, Catmonites, Hittites, Odezites, Perizzites, Raphaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. Okay. God's covenant-making with Abraham, or Berit Olam, which means everlasting covenant in Hebrew, See, Genesis 15 reminds us of God's repeated promises to Abram. So because before Genesis 15, God had already promised Abram a son and many, many descendants. But Sarah is still barren and without a son, and she's really getting on in age. So the promises of God remain unfulfilled. And so naturally, Abram points this out and says, mm, But God, no son. And God reiterates this promise that Abram would become the father of a great nation. And that very bizarre ritual that you see over there with the carcasses on side by side and the flaming torch and the smoking fire pot passing through, it was actually God signing the covenant. It's, that, it's a practice of the ancient Near East, right? That Abram even knew what to do exactly, right? You cut the animals, you put it aside. God even signs the agreement in the manner of ancient treaties by symbolically passing between the pieces of sacrificed animals, which signifies that one who violates the terms of the treaty will suffer the same fate as the sacrificial animals. That's what it means. The moment I pass through this, I'm saying that, okay, if I do not keep to my promise, I will suffer the same fate as these poor carcasses. And the symbols of light, fire, and incense, the smoking pot, are symbolic of God's divine presence. You notice in the story, right, that only God passes between the animals, right? Only the smoking pot and flaming torch passes between the animals. Because the smoking pot and flaming torch represents God's presence. But what happened to Abram? it's a covenant, right? Two-way, right? So if this is a covenant between God and Abram, why doesn't Abraham also pass through the animals? Well, technically he should. That's how they made agreements in that time. That's how it usually works. But you see, in this story, God was taking the initiative to sign the covenant first. God was basically saying, Abram, I'm going to sign this covenant first. I'm going to promise all these things to you. I'm inviting you to trust me, to believe that I am good. I have your best interest in mind and I will be faithful even if you mess up. I will sign it first. God was trying to show Abram that mutuality is not a transaction. It's not that I sign it, so you better sign it now. In case, right, God is showing Abram that covenant is based on a relationship of trust between parties involved. While a transaction is different, a transaction is usually just an exchange of goods or services. And there's often no relationship involved, or maybe just a superficial relationship at best. As God would slowly reveal through the relationships God has with humanity throughout the Bible, This everlasting covenant is anchored on love. But wait a minute, what is love? We talk about love so much in our modern world, but what really is love? And so I want to ask you, right, and get the wisdom, right, from all of you out there, you know, on site, online, okay, what is love to you? Or maybe to make it more specific, a bit easier to understand How do you even recognise love? How do you know when it's love? Right? Is there some kind of feeling? Is it something that someone does? Is it something that you do? How do you recognise love? And what is love to you? Okay. Right, some of you say it's unconditional, yes Very Christian, right? It's something that we learn from early on That God's love is unconditional to will the good of the other. Mm. Giving of oneself for others. Mm-hmm. Giving without expecting anything in return. An unconditional feeling, unconditional support. Unconditional comes out a lot, huh? Respect. It feels warm inside. Trust. When you love something or someone, you protect it. It mm-hmm. comes with protection. It makes me smile and I feel warm being happy and present for us, an unconditional acceptance, selfless sacrifice for the best interest of the other, accept, deep care, a constant, speaking kindness, appreciating people without labels, wanting the best for others, walking the distance with, yeah. Unconditional, unsought, trust and respect both ways, Mm well-being, Acts of care from God originally Yes, God is the source of love When someone's willing to give of themselves for or to me mm-hmm. A complex collection of positive emotions When in the presence or absence of people, things and animals Yeah, it's complex, right? It's a complex collection of many things Well-being goes to the heart The opposite of hate Giving When you always want to be with a person right? Yeah. Putting the good of the other above your own So many lovely definitions. Huggies. (laughs) Do the dishes. Very practical, very good. Actions for the other party. A feeling of openness, expansiveness in giving and receiving. Yes. Love is serving others without expecting anything in return. A deep feeling that all is right in the world. Trust recharges my batteries. I feel seen. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. Those are all such beautiful expressions and signs of love, and that's how we recognise love, right? Let me share with you a definition, right? and the question is important, right? and before we go to the definition, the question is important to consider about love, and the reason why is because we, know we, we need to know what we're looking for when we talk about love, right? And more importantly, we need to reflect if what we recognise as love Is truly love. Many of us grow up with a warped understanding of love. Perhaps in our families, love meant never talking back to your parents or doing whatever you were told, dishes included. Maybe our parents modelled love as expectations and our greatest fear is disappointing them. And for some of us, we grew up not feeling loved at home at all. And even in our adult lives, our relationships have been filled with pain and heartbreaks and we're not even sure what love really is. Love is this elusive ideal that we all desire but often find so difficult to fully define or explain and we need to come together to add in our input, right, to define love. So what is love? I wanted to share this definition by Brene Brown, who did a lot of uh, research uh, in the area. And she said, Love is this. We cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And when we honour the spiritual connection that grows from that offering with trust, respect, kindness and affection. Love is not something we give or get. Interesting, right? Love is not something we give or get. It's something that we nurture and grow. A connection that can only be cultivated between two people when it exists within each one of them. We can only love others as much as we love ourselves. Shame, blame, disrespect, betrayal, the withholding of affection damage the roots from which love grows. And love can only survive these injuries if they are acknowledged, healed, and rare, meaning that they don't happen often. Right? And this is a very comprehensive, very interesting and insightful definition of love. I'm sorry I didn't show you the second slide. right? So what is love? Right? So beyond Brene Brown, In the Bible, how does the Bible define love? And we know that very famous passage, right? um, In 1 Corinthians 13 Love is patient, love is kind And the whole list of things go there And remember this line in that passage That says, love never fails In verse 8 Love never fails You know, this word fails in the original Greek, if you actually uncover it a little bit, it actually means collapses, disappears, ceases, comes to an end, no longer have force. And I think that actually expands our understanding of what this line means, right? Because love fails us sometimes, we wish it doesn't, but it fails us sometimes. So when we realise that love never fails means that love never ceases or collapses or disappears or comes to an end, then we understand a little bit deeper about what God's covenantal love is all about. God's love allows our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be seen and known. God's love for us will never collapse disappear or come to an end. And not only that, this also helps us understand how we can uphold love in our covenants with one another, even within this community, and in our relationships. We want to be a community where we can allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And yes, I might fail you from time to time, But with God's help, my love will not collapse or disappear or come to an end. My love will stay even when things get difficult between us. And this is what is meant when we say our covenant with God and with each other is based on love. It's based on a love that doesn't collapse at the first sign of trouble. It's a love that stays even when things get difficult. And we are committed to working things out to the best of our ability. It's a love that seeks to know and to be known. Timothy Keller has a very interesting insight on this. And he said, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. If somebody doesn't know you and says, oh, I love you, I'm like, yeah, great, but (laughs) a bit superficial, right? To be known but not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved as well, a lot like being loved by God, is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, it fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. So this is true for marriage, it's true for our relationship with God, it's also true for our relationship with one another in community. So what does Jesus say about covenants? Since covenants seems to be a very important theme right, throughout the Bible in both the old and new covenants. And so I want to bring you to John 15. And Malk actually read through that passage for you and with you and reflected together with you. Jesus also spoke about covenant various times in the Gospels and this example in John 15 is one of them. The word covenant doesn't appear in John 15 but it's exactly that because it was an invitation into a relationship, into a committed relationship. And Henry Nouwen says, speaking of himself as a vine and of his disciples as the branches, Jesus is basically saying, make your home in me as I make mine in you. That's what actually abide in me and abide, I will abide with you means. Make your home in me as I make mine in you. And this is an invitation to intimacy. And then Jesus says, those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit. And this is a call to fruitfulness fruitfulness that comes out of that loving relationship that we have with Jesus. And finally, he says, I have told you this so that my own joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And this is where Jesus promises ecstasy. And these three themes are the golden threads woven throughout the whole of John's Gospel. So when Jesus says, make your home in me as I make mine in you, He's actually offering us an intimate place that we can truly call home. Home is that place of space where we do not have to be afraid, where we can let go of our defences and be free. Free from worries, free from our tensions, to relax, right? Free from pressures. Home is where we can laugh and cry, embrace and dance, sleep and dream. Eat, read, play, listen to music be with family and friends home is where we can rest and be healed and you know what is one biggest barrier to being home especially with Christ it's fear fear is the great enemy of intimacy fear makes us run away also in our relationships right, from each other Or we cling too hard to each other. We tend to do either, right? Either we are the avoidant ones and we run away when we are afraid. Or in fear, we cling to one another and don't let go. It's like, no, don't leave me. Stay here. But that does not truly create intimacy. Fear makes us move away from each other to a safe distancing. eh? Or we move towards each other to a safe closeness. But fear does not create the space where true intimacy can exist. Fear does not create a home. No one gave this um, example, and this actually appears in the cover of his book, Life Signs. And you see their hands, right, holding a wounded bird. And he says, creating an intimate space is like holding a wounded bird carefully. If you hold it too loosely, it may fall from your hands and die. If you hold it too tightly, you might suffocate it. True intimacy is creating the right space for growth. That's the kind of intimacy Jesus was talking about when he said, make your home in me as I make mine in you. And that's the kind of home we want to build here. It's the space where growth can take place not too tight not too loose and Jesus in whom the fullness of God dwells has become our home by making his home in us he allows us to make our home in him by entering not only into our world but into the intimacy of our innermost self Jesus offers us the opportunity to enter into his own intimacy with God. God so much desired to fulfill our deepest yearning for home that God decided to build a home in us. Thus God overcomes all distinction between distant and close and offers us an intimacy in which we can be most ourselves when we are most like God. A lot to digest and think about. But you know when Jesus says, make your home in me as I have made mine in you? you? That's a vulnerability, right? That's true vulnerability because Jesus is saying, I am opening my heart, my life, everything to you. Will you make your home in me? And I am going to make my home in you. And I wonder... What does Jesus' vulnerability mean to you? And we talk about Jesus' vulnerability a lot because from the moment as we think about in Christmas, God entering time and space to be human, to be a baby, that's vulnerable. But now Jesus is actually taking the next step. In John 15 when Jesus says, you know, abide with me, and I with you. Make your home in me as I make my home in you." That is basically opening up completely. So what does that vulnerability mean to you? Is Jesus showing his weakness? Yes. Making himself open to be hurt, right? Because we actually can hurt Jesus encourages us to take risks, yes just as Jesus is taking risks, we are encouraged to take risks as well allowing me to be me, just as I am, what's and all mm-hmm. a model to follow, difficult but important it means love simply, that vulnerability means love being willing to take the risk that we might not reciprocate mm-hmm. And often that happens, yes. Bravery and compassion, so that we can be vulnerable too. God understands my weaknesses, yes, and our fears too. Understands my weakness, an invitation to love. Mm -hmm. Facing criticisms, trust and belief, strength to be vulnerable, trust, we can do the same. To have my nakedness seen by God and fellowship as how God intended in Genesis. Mm -hmm. Empathy of my humanity, I am his extension. No secrets, me confessing what he already knows, trusting I'll still be accepted and loved. Yes, that's beautiful. Giving without expecting anything in return, even though that is required for a loving relationship without fear to grow. Yes, thank you for that insight that when Jesus opened himself up first, is exactly what the God did, right? Abraham, God signed the covenant first and said, I love you and I want to do these things for you. And that's the only way that a loving relationship without fear can grow. Do you hear God's voice of love? The voice of first love that we hear in 1 John, says you are loved before anyone can love you or you can love others. You were accepted long before you can accept others or receive their acceptance. You are safe long before you can offer or receive safety. But you know, it is not enough for us to just experience intimacy between us and God individually. That's nice to have, and that's what we're invited into. But we're invited to something a little bit more. We need community to learn how to love and be loved more deeply and authentically. We all need that. You see, while it's true that we need to learn to love ourselves, right, before we can love others, there's a missing part to that equation. If we want to experience love and intimacy, We need to be taught to love aspects of ourselves again and again by the people around us. Have you found that to be true? You see, the reality is that it's hard to learn how to love ourselves on our own. And it's hard to will it sometimes. Have you ever tried to and it's actually really hard. And I think that's the humbling truth. We have our own blind spots and our own insecurities. And sometimes the only way to learn self-love is to actually open up ourselves and allow ourselves to be loved by others, especially in the areas of our lives where we feel most unsure and where we feel most vulnerable. And when that happens, when we finally experience what it means that someone else loves us, we feel freedom and relief. And it almost gives us a permission to love in a deeper way. And this is the gift of intimacy and relationship. You know, Nawan says that there's a twilight zone in our hearts that we ourselves cannot see, like a blind spot, right? Even when we know quite a lot about ourselves, right? We are all very self-aware, I'm sure. Our gifts, our weaknesses, our ambitions, our aspirations, our motives, our drives, are large parts of ourselves remain in the shadow of consciousness. And this is a very good thing, he says, because we will always remain partially hidden to ourselves. And other people, especially those who love us, often can see our twilight zones better than we ourselves can. So those of you with partners, spouses, uh, You go like, yeah, that's true. I can see your Twilight Zone better than you can, right? The way we are seen and understood by others is different from the way we see and understand ourselves. We will never fully know the significance of our presence in the lives of our friends, family, our community. And that's a grace, a grace that calls us not only to humility, but to a deep trust in those who love us is the twilight zones, is in the twilight zones of our hearts where true friendships are born When you are finally able to tell me Hey Pauline, you know, I don't think you realise this but, you know, sometimes when you act this way when you say things like this it comes across this way and it becomes hurtful or it makes me unable to trust you and that's very helpful for me because I may not even realise it and so it's in that space that twilight zone, that true friendships are born. So you know this morning, there are two invitations for all of us. And both are related to coming home. One is coming home to God. Just as God initiated that covenant with Abraham, God has initiated a covenant with you and me. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3, It says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And Jesus said, make your home in me as I make mine in you. How will you respond to those invitations this morning? Will you say, thank you, and I will make a home in you too, God? Or will you ignore and maybe push aside this invitation of love for now. The second invitation is for you to come home to community. As I said in the beginning, we know we have truly come home when we not only feel safe and accepted here, we also help others feel safe and accepted. It becomes a two-way relationship. And not only do others help us feel comfortable and belonged. We realise, oh, we have a role to play, to help others feel safe, comfortable and belonged to. And there's a mutuality in that relationship. And we realise home is where we take care of each other. I'll be very honest with you. Sometimes people treat FCC as a hospital. They come with wounds and hurts, and they hope that we can help them get back on their feet. And you know what? We are happy to do so. We are happy to do so because that's part of our work in ministry as pastors and as a church. That's what we are called to do. We are called to love unconditionally. But sadly, many also leave after they've gotten what they needed. Some may also join our cell groups because they don't feel safe joining their own church's cell groups. And they are happy to feel comfortable and accepted here within the group and they want to just stay that way, right? Nothing beyond that. And that relationship is kind of one-sided. But if you want more than a hospital, if what you truly want is a home, then I want to extend this invitation to you today. Home is where there's mutuality in the relationship. Home is where we take care of each other. Are you willing to be covenantal in your love? When we care for you, we put in our hearts and our souls. Will you invest your hearts and your souls too? Home is where we take care of each other. Home is where we learn how to love and be loved more deeply and authentically. Home is where we create and hold space for each other to grow. When you understand and experience what this means, you know you have truly come home. So this morning, my invitation to you is come home to God, come home to community. Will you join me in a word of prayer? This morning, I want to give you just a few moments to respond to the moving of God's Spirit in all of our lives, in your life. What is the Spirit of God saying to you today? Is God saying, come home to me, make your home in me, as I make mine in you. Is that God's invitation to you this morning? And how will you respond? For some of us, the spirit may be nudging you, guiding you towards finding home in community. And perhaps you've been wondering if FCC is the right home for you. I cannot answer that question for you, but you can. And you can with the help of the Spirit of God. And so for you this morning, if God is saying, come home to community here, will you respond? And will you tell God in the quietness of your hearts what you will decide to do? Because home is only truly home when we are able to take care of each other when we're able to allow ourselves to be deeply known and seen when we're able to hold a space for one another to grow God of home, thank you for giving us a home in you thank you for calling each one of us home to help us realize that even though we may be wondrous in this world that we have a constant home with you. Thank you for also giving us the opportunity of finding home in community, a community that is not perfect, a community that fails sometimes, but hopefully a community that does not collapse in its love, that will continue to love even when things get difficult. Help us, God, to be that home for many whom you send to us for many that you invite into this space help us to be home for one another help us come home amen
5: We have come to a time of Holy Communion. For those of you who are joining us online, it might be a good time to go and prepare the elements that represent bread and wine for yourself. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we might not be all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognises no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptised you only need to recognise that God's grace is sufficient. Just like what Pauline shared earlier, God is the one who makes a covenant and signs a covenant first. You do not have to meet the criteria or you don't have to agree or say anything. You're invited to just come. When Jesus set the tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, the lawyers, the rich elites, poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom.
1: A A kingdom kingdom where all all are are welcome, welcome, all all are are worthy, and and all are invited. invited a kingdom kingdom where where lives are transformed and empowered and the fruits of
5: God's God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including every one of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We remember that Jesus fed 5,000
1: hungry hungry people
2: with five loaves loaves of bread and two fish
5: at this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy Holy God, we celebrate celebrate your your abundant care and solidarity solidarity revealed revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy Holy God, God, we celebrate celebrate your your gracious inclusiveness inclusiveness revealed in this meal. meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice and violence of society. They They lived lived out instead instead the the Kingdom of God, a place of love, justice and and mutuality. mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, said, look, look, a glutton glutton and and a a drunkard, drunkard, a a friend of tax collectors and and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with his disciples. As he has done so, so many times before, he took bread And after having given thanks to you, Holy God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, this time saying, Do this in remembrance of me. After the meal, he shed the wine, gave thanks and said, I will not drink from this cup again, until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. Will the stewards come forward to distribute the elements? Due to the restrictions right now, please do not reach out and take for yourself and wait for the stewards to hand over the elements to you. Thank you. And for those of you who are here for the first time, we partake in the elements together, so you hold on to it um, until um, it's all distributed out. Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of His day. To some of His frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolised His broken body and the wine His blood. God, the kingdom of God persisted and persists today through the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us partake of the communion together. may I invite you to stand as you're willing and able and join in the prayer of communion. Together. Gracious God, may this meal be for us an Emmaus meal We we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of a kingdom, holy God, So we may may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may we share in your kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Please be seated.
0: All right, good morning and welcome everyone once again. All right, it's great to have everyone. Coming back home and making this place home, all right. Today's is really that uh, the theme of home is the way the sermon Arc. right? So earlier I, w- I welcome those who are joining us for the first time, online and in person with all of us, all right. So one way of us trying to make a home, right? This more a place more like home for you, right? In the last week's uh, sermon will be about. All right, really making space. Sometimes we have to break down a house all right, to accommodate, to make ourselves bigger so that everyone can be included. So we are doing that to help us how we can you know, make things better and make this place home for you. all right? Please leave us your details. Help us get in touch with you by going to fcc.la welcome, or simply take out your phone all right, and scan the QR code. Right. One of the ways we welcome you back home will be, at the last Sunday of every month, we will actually have a newcomers meeting where you can actually meet up with members of the church, the pastors, right, so that we can have a conversation, a more get-to-know session. So, if you'd like to find out more about that, other than just filling up the form, you like to have some questions, please email to us at info at freecomchurch.org right, or RG. Right. So welcome once again to Free Community Church. Free Community Church. where free stands for maybe everyone together because we have so many years we are singing together, right? One, two, three. First, realize everyone's equal. So we are an affirming, all right? Church, inclusive and affirming church. That means regardless of your sexual identity, your orientation, your economic status, your education status, your social economic, uh, you know, wherever you are on the ladder, your race, or even your, your your faith tradition, your religion, we welcome you into this space to meet community, to, to seek the divine, the connection with the divine. So, welcome home. And for the next part, we talk about like, uh, usually, I will say in the past, right, what makes a, a family? It's love that makes a family. But to run home, alright, everybody have to cheat in just like my mom said. Everybody have to do your chores to make this place your home, alright? So, we continue to build up God's house, to work with God in our mission, alright? And we continue to worship God with our giving for the next segment. A few ways we can uh, contribute. Uh, to the mission of the church and continue to work together as a community will be, number one, you can actually choose to give to the uh, general fund. Another, uh, the n- other fund will be for the FCC building fund that pays down the mortgage of the church so that we have a physical space uh, for the community together. Alright, two ways of giving. You can take out a phone once again. All right, Everything is scanning QR code now. All right, you can scan the QR code with your, uh, any of your bank services uh, uh, using your app. All right, public service announcement, We FCC do not send out any SMS um, for any link for you to click on, All right, uh, other than, of course, the public announcement for you to sign up for in-person services, etc. So, other than that, to give to us, you, you just have to scan the QR code, all right, shown here, or simply visit freecomchurch.give.asia if you are giving by credit card, and that's where you can actually set up a regular weekly or monthly giving, all right? On um, Give.Asia. So while everyone is preparing for your giving, all right, later on, if you are giving uh, physically, uh, dropping cash or check into the offering bag, all right, you just have to raise your hand, but we'll do that. I'll invite the stewards to come forward later after the prayer of thanksgiving. So let's join our hearts together in a simple prayer of thanksgiving to our Lord. Dear God, thank you for giving us this mystery of a faith, the the mysterious paradox of you making home in us and inviting us to make our home in you. Thank you for the blessings of making us whole in our lives, the many good things that we receive every day of our lives, making each day new for us your grace and mercy being made available through to us as long as we are paying attention to it. So Lord, let us share our love and show our love for you. Right? Accept these offerings that we are lifting up into your hands and that they may help, they continue to help in the work, contribute to the work. Of reconciliation, making the world whole, making bring shalom into this world. Thank you, Lord, once again, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'd like to invite the steward to come forward to take up the offering. So, please, uh, if you are giving physically, you can just reach out, uh, uh, raise your hand, and our stewards will come to you for you to drop your offering. All right, an announcement. There's actually two announcements, alright? But before we go into the one that has a slide, just an announcement, of, uh, it's more of like a public health announcement, right? The government um, has released its policy, right? the, the guidelines uh, for religious organisation and organize, uh, religious services. That means from 1st February onwards, alright? Uh, fortunately, unfortunately, I, it may be... Uh, don't, please, uh, don't feel excluded. All right, it's beyond us at this point of time. But only fully vaccinated person can attend on-site services. All right. So right now, uh, you have may, 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 you might have heard from the news that some churches in Singapore are actually appealing to the government to make an exception. But however, no news, ever, no outcome has uh, come out yet. So as uh, from 1st February onwards, only fully vaccinated persons, all right? Will be allowed to attend in-person services. As if you are partially vaccinated or for various medical and health reasons, you're unable to get yourself vaccinated. Alright, we invite you to join us online. And if you are like in need of emotional and spiritual help, just feel free to reach out to, to us, to a church. Alright. We are a family and so we are here to support one another and not say that, oh you cannot come, you yeah, you're out you're outsider, you know. You don't do that. Alright. So that's one important thing. So if you are in, in doubt, right, uh, regarding like, oh, whether I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm partially vaccinated or I'm, I'm not yet receiving my booster shot, etc. you have all sorts of questions, right, and you're not sure, just send an email to info at freecomchurch.org. The next announcement and the last announcement will simply be a call for volunteers. You know, what better way to start the year by calling out for volunteers, right? We all these things the like, on-site production, and the online video, uh, pro, uh, online Sunday service is brought to you by the production ministry. That is made up of various roles, various uh, sub ministries, such as the service leader ministry. All right, all right. We also need more people. Okay, if you are interested, please let me know too. alright? We have the video ministry. All right, the producers, the sound, uh, the sound ministry. All right. So we even have like a welcome team over there. All right, that's serving. Uh, week on week, welcoming uh, you through the doors, at the same time, acting as safe distancing uh, ambassadors, all right, so that we make sure that you know we are keeping you safe. So, if you are very keen on like, exploring the various Sunday ministries, right, the production ministries, just simply drop an email to get, uh, gary.chan at freecomchurch.org. That will be to our church chairperson, right? gary.chan at freecomchurch.org. And we can we will arrange for a tour session where you can go behind the scenes and see what we are doing, you know, figuring at the back, right, on uh, Sundays. So uh, we have come to end our announcement. For the next part, I'd like to invite Mia to give us the benediction. May I invite everyone uh, to rise?
5: Dear Beloved, Jesus says, Abide in me as I abide in you. May you continue to deepen in your relationship with God. May God find home in you and you find home in God. So you become a channel of God's love in this world where you bless the world through your love, your actions, the work you do, your relationships. And so, the world will be transformed. So go in peace always and know that you are first loved. Go now in love and justice always. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again next week.